Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 204 DGS. Full show for you today. Stairway to Kevin. Yeah, let's do this thing I saw from last night in Philadelphia. I'm curious what you guys think about what potential answers there could be. Did you see this stuff with the iPhone store, the the, the, uh, Apple store in Philly? So, yeah, so a whole group of people basically swarmed this Apple store in Philadelphia, downtown, like major metropolitan area. Uh, The employees are, like, holding on to the doors on the inside to keep people from getting in. But eventually they get in, and they're just stealing iPads and iPhones. And as they're walking out, these iPads and iPhones are all programmed with alarms. Mm -hmm. So they're all beeping, and there's a message on the front says, this unit has been disabled, and it's being tracked. So then they just started smashing them. Because they couldn't take them, you know, they couldn't we do anything some, with them. We have some audio from that. Oh, last do we? Night. Let's play yeah. some of that because I, I think that this is fascinating. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Yes. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-oh, look, here come more people. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah, everybody must eat. But yeah. that was sort of, I mean, it's just one person, but, like, that was the justification of looting all those stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that person was live streaming all of it. Yes. And I think she got caught. I think she got arrested, um, probably because she was live streaming it and they could figure out where she was. But <clears throat> we, we've heard, what was it, uh... Is it Walgreens was closing some places because of stuff like this? Target just closed seven stores. They say it's because of this kind of thing. They're not saying it's because the stores weren't making money. They're saying it's because of of crime, essentially, that they're closing these seven stores. What do you do about this? I mean, Rachel has brought up before, there's a really troubling thing brewing amongst, like, I feel like it's like our generation and below, like people who are early 30s and under, that, like, stealing is... Not just okay, but in some cases, like, morally correct. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the right thing to do if you go to, like, Walmart or, you know, Target or whatever, and you, like, lift a bunch of stuff off the shelves. It's, like, morally correct because they're a, you know, evil corporation. Isn't it called something else, too? They they call it uh, borrowing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's mostly so that TikTok won't, like, take them down. Okay. Yeah, you say, it's like, kind of like you can't say right, like dead his, on TikTok. you got to say it, unalived. It, it, right. Maybe it's my age. Uh, I I tend to be, I think, quite sympathetic. Uh, I've come a long way about that. I used to be very, like, cry me a river about being disadvantaged. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I, I'm not like that anymore. 
Uh, I, just this morning, um, I went to therapy, which I can afford to pay for. Then I went to Straub's and got a coffee, and I got a cinnamon pretzel. Uh, I'm going to guess the people looting didn't have a morning like that. However, uh, I have a very bright line that, uh, yes, everyone must eat, but no one needs to break the law and steal things to do that. I'm convinced of that. Uh, two different lives, two different lifestyles. Uh, I certainly have advantages, which I uh, freely admit, but I really have no sympathy when people, especially when it's that sort of euphoria, you know, it's not Jean Valjean uh, stealing a, a loaf of bread so his family can eat. This is like a party, and I just don't have sympathy. Uh, I, I'm i old school, and I think that probably the way to fix it is to go back to how we kept people from doing it in the 60s, 70s, 80s. You, you're just tougher, and you arrest them. And I, and I know that now, like, Walgreens doesn't want their employees or Target doesn't want their employees getting involved because they could get hurt and then they get sued. I get all that. But it's the only answer I have is just being tougher. Rachel, you're going to say something? I have no sympathy whenever you're looting a Lululemon. Yeah. You, you don't need or a an, pair or of an leggings. Apple store. Yeah, you don't need a yeah. pair of leggings Good to point. eat. This is, this is just greed. It's disgusting. I don't even think it's the, I mean, I appreciate your compassion, Dave, but I just don't even think it's the right conversation to have. This is wrong. And I'm sick of pretending that it's not wrong. And this is why we can't have nice things because there are people out there who have figured out that there's, there's a opportunity to go in and just ruin everything for everyone else. And, you know, you can't, and I don't think you should start like, you know, using <laughs> deadly force to get people to not shoplift. That's a bridge too far. But what are we supposed to do? How do you stop people from behaving like they like they just don't know how to behave? Yeah, I, I've said it before that a couple of things I've learned over the last few years that I believe is that hyperpartisanship was a giant mistake. Just look at where we are with the debt ceiling and all that kind of stuff. It does not work. Hyperpartisanship nope. has been a failure. I also think that being soft on crime has been a failure. I think you can walk and chew gum at the same time, and I think you can try to help the next generation uh, not uh, turn to crime. But once a generation has, once a person of age has, I feel like, well, you've punched your card. Now you're just a criminal and we're going to treat you like a criminal. And I think you can do both things. So I think the whole uh, progressive prosecutorial thing, um, I'm not a fan of it because I haven't seen it work. My mind is open. But so long as you still have places like downtown St. Louis dying largely because of it, because it's kind of chaos. And I'm not saying downtown St. Louis is chaos in the streets. It's not. But we see what's happened in San Francisco and lots of other communities. This hyperpartisanship has not worked. It's a failure. Let's admit it. And being soft on crime has not worked. It's a failure. Let's admit it. The border has not worked. It's failure. Let's admit it. Let's just be realistic with ourselves. Uh, Tim on line one has the thought. Tim, go right ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Dave, I get it. I've been kind of mulling this over too and maybe this kind of goes back to another type of thing uh think of all the lawsuits nowadays it's i mean basically corporate america's scared of any lawsuit because no matter what they're going to be found guilty sometimes they probably should be and be spanked hard but other times it's just like oh let's just go ahead and, and give them money because you know the corporation's got lots of money this poor person doesn't have a whole lot maybe it's just this whole 
oh, I can get my stuff for free. Why should it matter? Mindset one way or the other. I mean, look at daytime television. It's a crime. It's nothing but uh, attorney attorney advertisements and no insult intended. <laughs> no, none taken. Thank yeah. you, Tim. I see. When she, and when she's saying in that video, when she's saying everyone's got to eat, she doesn't mean that we're starving. No, she means she everybody's got to get some. Right. Like they got to get some of what they're doing right there. Everyone needs to get an iPhone. Everyone needs to get that. Like the hard part is if you are stealing food from a store because you got three kids and they don't have, you don't have any food. I'm probably going to be pretty lenient with you. I'm probably not going to want to throw you, throw away the key and, and lock you up. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying I understand, right? I mean, how many famous stories do we have from history where somebody got in trouble because all they did was steal a loaf of bread because they were hungry? Like I can get that, but if you're at the if you're at the Apple store stealing something really expensive and then you realize, well, it's being tracked, I can't take it and you just start smashing it? Yeah. You're not showing anybody that you're doing this out of need. This no. is just anger. There's no nobility to this yeah. whatsoever. This is just, it's greed. It's, oh, it's there. And if enough people band together, we're going to overpower these poor people who are working at this store just trying to make a, you know, if you work at the Apple store, you're not a millionaire, okay? You're probably making 15 bucks an hour. You're trying to get by. And then people are smashing through your windows and taking your merchandise. They're probably scared to death. Kevin on line two has a different take on it. Kevin, thanks for calling in. Go right ahead. Yeah, I, I totally don't see it that same way. Um, it, I think hopeless people do hopeless things. And I think that, um, you know, in this era of trickle-down economics, what's trickle-down to them is the fact that um, we see crime differently. We, we talk about all these different crimes. I just heard that Mark Meadows was not being prosecuted for, um, uh, not, for, for disregarding his um, subpoena for Congress. I mean – we don't look at that as crime or insider trading. There were two um, senators from Georgia that engaged in, in just incredible insider trading, and they already had hundreds of millions of dollars. They don't get prosecuted. But we see so, – so what trickles down to the people, you know, uh, who don't have much? You know, they, they, don't, they don't eat. That's what the girl was saying. We need to eat too, you know. But I, I, I don't see that that was being considered in what you're saying. They, they don't look – just to threaten the people who are in the store. They're not concerned about the people in the store. They're concerned about what the store represents and what it represents to them and how it affects them disproportionately. I I just don't think that that's the right way to look at it. I mean... You have been there. I've been there before. I I, Okay, and I get that. I'm not pretending that I've been there. But the Mark Meadows thing, I mean, I see that as a crime, too. I I just don't think it's you can hold those two things up and go, well, since he isn't being prosecuted, it's okay that people are causing chaos in the streets. That that doesn't connect. No, no. I'm I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that, um, you know, just like, you know, managers of teams matter. Leaders matter. It all trickles down, you know, uh, and the, I think also the effects of it and the attitude behind it trickles down that, you know, hey, some people do people people do crime all the time every day. But what's really considered by the, the corporate media as crime is just when you see stuff like that. Now, there's how, how about um, the other crimes that are happening in the stores? The stores are not just closing down because some people went in and, and just stole some 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 things through a mob mentality there are people stealing all the time and and they're stealing inside and outside but we're not calling those things out 
because this right here is more sensational. Yeah, Kevin, I understand. I appreciate you saying that it doesn't make it right. And I do. Uh, you said you've been in that position. I haven't. But I, I understand the logic. And uh, might be a poor analogy, but I talked about on the air during COVID that when everyone was stealing billions of dollars from our government, setting up fake LLCs and all that kind of crap, uh, that when downtown was a ghost town, I was running red lights. And that was my way of, like, getting back at the man. Like, I understand when you look at rich billionaires getting away with stuff how it, it you know makes you feel like cause it makes me feel the same way like well f this why why the hell am i following all the rules when all these guys are breaking rules much bigger than what i'm doing uh i get that i understand the logic i don't think and, and it is so simple two wrongs don't make a right i don't think the two wrongs make a right i think you agree but i i do understand your logic and i appreciate the phone call uh kevin on line one go right ahead yeah, so just listening to the comments, I think it's been very clear from early in time that God set the laws that you shall not steal. And the government is a deacon of the Lord uh, to carry out justice, and they have a responsibility to execute justice to protect citizens. And you made the comment that it doesn't matter if you steal groceries if you need them. That's only because you don't own the grocery store. I didn't say first, first, first of all, grocery. first of all, I said I didn't say it's okay. I said I understand it. I understand well, a hungry person taking something that's going to feed their children. I don't understand people saying I'm gonna steal an iPad and then smash it because I can't get away with it. And I don't I, I don't understand and, and I by that same notion, I by the way, agree with the last caller in one regard, by that same notion you're talking about, then it should also be their responsibility to prosecute all of the rich people that are committing fraud, but they don't. If you're talking about the government's responsibility, if that is if that is their duty uh, in your eyes, uh, in in a religious way, that it's their duty to execute God's will, then they should be prosecuting billionaires that are stealing and hiding money and not paying their taxes and getting away with it. But they don't. Yeah, and and that's a that's a broad generality. What I would tell you is that laws have been set up by God to protect you, and you will see it as a problem when your stuff gets stolen. Uh, yeah, my. I mean, look, look, our tax dollars are being stolen every day, every day by the people that we watch up there. If it, if it's God's purview, then why isn't God pushing that too? Why are we only talking about it when it's something that's that's lower level, so to speak? I I the first or the second caller rather. I appreciate their point of view, but I just think we're spending too much time going like, what is driving people's behavior? It doesn't matter. Whenever you're causing chaos like this, it doesn't matter what's driving the behavior. The behavior is unacceptable. Sometimes people just see an opportunity. It's not always, oh, I've had this hard life and now I'm going to lash out in this way. Sometimes it's, hey, I think we can knock over this Lululemon pretty easily. Let's go do it. So let's not overanalyze and like try to assign too much like what happened in their childhood. I understand everybody has a rough childhood. Some people have way worse than others. And I'm sure that's the case in some of these people in these videos. But I think others just saw an opportunity and went for it. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think uh, I'm sorry. One last yeah. thing because it's already late. We all agree that the people that are committing the bigger crimes should be should be for sure. prosecuted for it. We're just they, not talking about They should be held accountable. Right but we do almost every day. We've been talking about it with Trump. We've been talking about it with various people. The problem is if the logic becomes, well, it's happening there and this is the natural result, well, then we're doomed because it's a spiral. 
you cannot get out of the spiral if if nobody's being held accountable for anything. Yeah, we didn't get to Howard. We ran out of time. But Howard says, what's the point of having laws if they are enforced by discretion? Uh, good conversation. Thanks for calling. You're always welcome. 314-436-7900. 225 DGS. Rach, what do you got? I don't know. I guess I'm just feeling feeling kind of old and cantankerous. And I feel like, <laughs> feel like we've lost all common sense. I mean, we just had that conversation about people stealing and... There's just really no excuse for it, and yet we all try to make excuses, and it's just like, what are we doing here, people? I saw a couple of articles earlier this week. One is that a record number of kindergartners are going into school not having been potty trained. Wow. So I decided Dude. to read the article because that is disturbing to me. And I mean, you're five. I, yeah, I Six mean, it's, it's time. It's time to be potty trained at that point. But they're saying a lot of it is due to gentle parenting, and they want the kids to decide when it's time to go to the big girl and big boy potty, and they don't want to make the kids uncomfortable, so they just wait and they wait and they wait, and I just think that that's insane. And I don't have kids, so maybe I shouldn't have an opinion on it, but I do because that's my right, and I just think it's nuts. I saw another article. There are all these seventh graders who are at, like, a second grade reading and writing level and I'm sure part of that is due to COVID but a huge part of that is parents not caring about whether or not their kids are succeeding and it just makes me feel like we're we've all all gone crazy I feel like so many newer parents and I hate to bring up the generation again but like from like Rachel and I's generation around that age it, it it just it ends up becoming about like avoiding conflict at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. For like sure. it's hard to potty yeah. train your kids. They don't want to potty train, obviously, but you have to. Or you know, hey, you need to read this book so you get smarter and get better at reading. And then they yell and throw a fit, and then you go, fine, all right. I fine. totally agree with you guys. Can I tell you a couple of cute stories about potty training them? <laughs> sure. So Nick was quite late, uh, but you know, uh, so. His cousin, Jacob, is one year younger. So Nick was about four. Jake was about three. And we're at Christmas one year, and they didn't know I was standing behind them. And they were like a couple of businessmen having a highball talking. And Nick goes, I don't know. I just feel like I can relax when I go in the diaper. And I just, it was just hilarious because it's just like a couple of like grown men having to talk. So then we took Nick to a special doctor. Like a pediatrician who specializes in this, and she had a flip chart. And she was going through it, going through it, and she said, now there's a little trap door in your bottom. And he goes, the sphincter. And she put it down. She goes, okay. (laughs) If you know that it's called the sphincter, just get out of my office. You're old enough to go in the potty. And he's like, okay, fair enough. Welcome back, guys. DGS. Our old friend Frankie Campbelletta is back with us. Has it been pre-COVID since you've been on? I think I came back with Brittany Buckwalter. That's right. That's right. Been in a while, though. Yeah. So for the people who don't know you from the show, reintroduce yourself to the KMOX audience, please. Yeah. I am uh, Frankie Cambaletta. I am owner and founder of Haunted Garage, uh, where we flip classic haunted cars. And every year we put on a horror festival. Which is coming up. Yes. A couple weeks away. Yes, sir. Tell us all about it. Um, well, we uh, started the journey about three years ago, and every year we've built since then. The quality of films have gotten greater every year. We've been very lucky to have as good of films as we've had in each year. Uh, but this year, I think that, uh, you know, being at the high point, being in the center of it all, one of my favorite theaters in St. Louis, uh, 1922. So we have this kind of old structure. We have two theaters. We have the main theater and the back theater, and we're going to be going on from the 5th to the 7th of October. And the 5th kind of kicks off a 3.30 p.m. And we're doing something for Stray Rescue STL. 
Uh, we're raising money for the pups. I have a rescue dog. All my family has rescue dogs. So my friends have rescue dogs. So we decided this year to raise some money for them. So Very we're nice. doing that with a trunk or treat. And it's a $5 admission that goes directly to um, Straight Rescue. And then you guys can buy some $2 beers. Um, In-kind donation from Four Hands gave us four different beers. So 96 beers. And all that money will also go to um, Straight Rescue. We also have some mixed drinks there, too, with OTR and stuff like that. So it'll be a fun time for the family. And you get to look at some beautiful classic cars for a couple hours. And then you can take the kids up to the theater and watch The Candy Crucible, a St. Louis film. McKenna was a graduate of Webster University. And this was her first film outside of school. It is absolutely an incredible, I would say, mid-range children film. Very goosebumps. So it's a very, very good film. So uh, Friday we kick off a bunch of big films like Black Mold, which just got picked up by Raven Banner. So that'll be in streaming service. Last time to watch it in a theater will be on Friday night. It will be competing with Exorcist Believer. I believe Black Mold's uh, a little bit more original, um, something you haven't seen before, Mm -hmm. uh, from John Potta, who is a Kansas City director, which is awesome. So he's a Missouri boy. Um, we also have a couple speakers that night. We have Athena Abtikis from Arizona State University who will be talking about zombies are real. They are real, and she can prove it uh, through microbiology and insects and a bunch of other talks and what it looks like to live in a world of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like the insect zombie thing? Yes. They'll freak you the hell out. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah. It's super creepy. A couple things. Back to the straight rescue. Um huge fan of that, uh, looking at a rescue dog right now for myself. Uh, I did not realize the numbers. I was driving back from KU, and I was listening to a show, and uh, they said that, I think at its peak, we were putting down 17 million dogs a year. Mm -hmm. And now through organizations like Stray Rescue, it's down to like 375,000, which is still 375,000 too many. But, man, have we put a dent it's 17 million dogs a year just because people are a-holes, you know, and they just turn yeah. their dogs out. They turn their dogs out. They turn them into fighting. And, you know, we have a, a beautiful, um, it's a staffy, but she actually looks more like her her other half, which is Cretan. So it's kind of like a whippet looking pit. It's a really cool dog, Wendy. Uh, we named her after her Peter Pan character, Wendy Bird. So um, we also have Luna, who's a rescue pit um, that actually our our host, uh, Lillian Shank, has had Luna. She rescued Luna about, uh, I think her gotcha date was about eight years ago. Yeah. And these dogs are just so loving, and that's all they really want. Yeah. And what Stray Rescue has been doing, and uh, I feel like I'm speaking uh, for them, but I've been following them on Instagram for a long time, and I'm like, Guys, we always do something for the veterans. We've raised a lot of money for the veterans. Let's raise money for the pups. Let's raise money for these volunteers that go out and they do these emergency surgeries. And a lot of it is is hard if you're a dog lover. It's hard to watch some of their IG posts. And so I said, you know what? The most horrific thing in our town going on right now are these people that are just abandoning dogs and puppies and making them fight and shooting them and leaving them for dead. And and this company comes along and just says, you know what? We're throwing up shop in the middle of St. Louis and we're going to help these dogs get homes. And yeah. So there's so many great volunteers that do that. And we said, you know what? How do we make money for these guys? How do we do that? Let's let's combine. I can't have dogs at the theater, but I just know inside people's hearts that, you know, this, this Thursday night is really important for us because we want to raise as much money as we can. Uh, Haunted Garage is going to come up with 25% of whatever is donated, we're going to do 25% of that. We're going to give our own money in. Right now, as people are buying tickets, you can actually donate right there as you're buying the ticket. Cool. And um, we've already raised about 300 bucks for Stray Rescue, which is kind of cool great. going into it. So, so um, on the film side, yes. so I know nothing about 
film other than being a fan. <laughs> but I'll make this observation. You guys tell me if you agree or disagree. So being my age and growing up with movies from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and when you go back and you watch a movie from the 80s or the 90s, it just like it just drips with production, right? Like you can tell it's a motion picture. And, and I was sort of a slow adopter of the independent films and the shaky cams and now people filming with iPhones. Now I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the quality of the film. And I'm a big horror buff. And so now I almost prefer the independently made horror films to yeah. like the big, giant, budget, drippy production. Yeah. You feel me? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if I, I, I can speak to that. I mean, as a, as a director, we have our own film company, Shift. You know, we pro- focus mostly on documentary. I am shooting a film here in Missouri next year with Jeff Bassetti called Murphy's Gulch. Uh, it's a short film, but you're absolutely right. I, I think that... Um, when when you look at the films that we have in this in this caliber, I think the only original content. And I hate to say this, but I think the only original content coming out of Hollywood or independent is horror. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's ever seen the film Talk to Me, you could see how much creativity went into that horror film. I mean, that's an A two four film. A lot yeah. of people don't have a big big bite for A two four because they do a lot of shock horror. But that film like put me on my butt. I was like, man, this film has got something going on. How man. often do you get really scared? Two films have really scared me this year, believe it or not. The first film was Smile um, mm-hmm. and, and the guerrilla campaign that they did at the baseball game. Did, did you guys follow yes. this? Yeah, she was saw that. Be, Oh, God, man. Like, <laughs> and I was like, what's her about? And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, it could be autism. It could be. And I'm like trying to be like all empathetic. And, you know, it could be. And no, it was an actual. It was yeah. a really great guerrilla campaign that the announcer was like, what is going on there? And then I watched that movie and I'm like, man, there you go. There's another original concept. I know they have a prequel or a part two coming out. Um, but then talk to me, I think, would be that follow-up that really scared me. And then, you know, the, the Pope's exorcist made me laugh. So I'm, I'm that type of horror <laughs> fan. Yeah. That was just it so was over. I, that's, <laughs> it was like the Jason Bourne of horror films. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what was going on in that film. Like, it was just, it was like Fast and Furious meets the devil. I don't yep. know. Yeah. Um, and I know, actually, I'm very good friends with an exorcist who actually, they made a movie about called The Right. His name is Father Gary Thomas. He teaches Saw seminary. That. Yes. So I got to meet him uh, last year. I spent three hours with him. Uh, my family, there's a lot of seminary in my family. And uh, yeah, I reached out to him. I told him about my cousin who was in seminary. They went to the same schools. And so he invited me out and I sat with him for three hours and I interviewed him on exorcisms. And he had told me that he had been on a lot of sets and he was on his set. And they know that he, you know, they got to juice it for Hollywood. So some of that story is not true. But mm-hmm. This one was just, it was a clown act. It was, I don't know what Russell Crowe was thinking. I mean, I was, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty over the I'm top. I'm glad to hear yeah. that because I've been avoiding it because I, was, yeah. uh, I, can, I can hang with most everything. But since The Exorcist, anything exorcism really gets me. So I was yeah. avoiding that, afraid it would be too scary. But yeah, well, there, I mean, there are, even watch it. Would you agree? Like, there are parts of it you're like, ah, that's pretty good. There's and, some jump scares. But boy, the end, it's just like. They didn't know what to do, and they're like, and just threw stuff out there. It's exactly that. I haven't watched The Right since the first time I watched it because it scared me so bad. It's a good one, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Anthony Hopkins. Right. Where to go wrong. He's still friends with Anthony Hopkins. He actually calls him Tony, and they still talk. Um, Anthony is one of those actors that started in horror. Actually, his first film was horror. Um, Was he the guy in Magic with the the ventriloquist dummy? Oh, man. I never even saw that, but just like the the posters when I was a kid <laughs> cost me anything yeah. with a ventriloquist dummy. You know, that was <laughs> that was a real trope from my childhood from Twilight Zone and, yep. you know, different things like that. It was that. kind of based loosely on one of the Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that part of that. Yeah. 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 
it was a so Anthony always has a he's I mean he's done a lot of horror films he's done some great ones I mean you know Silence of the Lambs I mean mm-hmm. I think that's one of his most critical roles um, he's played the priest part he was in uh, Westworld for a while mm-hmm. and yep. kind of played the more sci-fi ish mm-hmm. um, but you know t- today I mean we have a couple films in our festival that kind of are rivaling like I said I mean like one of our films already got picked up it's going to be on Shutter and a bunch of other places so. It's really cool to see this stuff out of Missouri, coming out of Missouri, because I I love to look at Missouri as the state that it is and not just focus on St. Louis, because we've got so many other areas that that we have a high school student that actually made the cut. Now, our film festival is a little tough to get into. We're kind of critical and hypercritical on stuff. And this is the first time, this is the youngest person that's ever been selected in our film festival. She's out of Joplin High School. She has a film called Trick or Treat. And we absolutely loved what this high school student was able to do by herself you know with her mom helping her out and it was just uh really well done i'm like you know what we got to give a nod to this kid and have her come up with her mom and and hopefully she gets a good showing and then right after the student um section we had about seven or eight student films from university of miami fsu tulane university i mean they knew Last year, something happened with Webster, and there was an article that came out, and these schools came this year, man. They were like, oh, I want that piston. I want that award. And so we had a film out of Miami called uh, No Man, and that one's a possession film. It's mm-hmm. about based around like a, a seance, and it goes wrong. And so really well shot. Like it doesn't – no shaky cam here. I mean these kids have gotten really skilled with yeah. these cameras. And, th- and that's the other thing too. I think that when me and you were coming up – you know, you had options, right? You didn't have your phone didn't do stuff like that. You had to actually go out and get film or have some kind of handy cam and everything looked pretty terrible. Yeah. But today, I mean, these kids can do some damage with a thousand dollar camera. So it's super pretty cool. cool. So October 5th through the 7th, yeah. uh, What's the best website? What's the best way to get tickets? Uh, best way to get tickets is go to the website. It's um, hauntedgaragehorrorfest.com, and then it'll basically trickle you out from there. We're doing everything through Inventive this year with um, with High Point, which is just awesome. It's a lot better. So, yeah, okay. that's the website, man. All right. We'll continue to hit this for you as it approaches as well. I really appreciate it, yeah, guys. Man. Thank you Great so much. Great to see much. you, Frankie. Yeah, good seeing you. 521 DGS. Coming up at 3 p.m., Chet Cleveland's going to join us to talk about several things, legal, lots of stuff going on nationally and locally. Uh, speaking of film and such, uh, I, I love documentaries, and uh, I love all things Native American. I was watching a PBS show about it, and they made a point that, you'll know what I mean, I knew this. Had someone asked me the question, I would have answered it correctly. But sometimes when someone presents it to you, you're like, damn, it kind of blows you away. And they're talking about, you know, how Native Americans got here and the land ridge and all this. And enough generations went by that they had kind of lost that history. And then the Vikings came over and how they, they were fighting. But they made the point that uh, for a very long time, like Native Americans and Vikings and Australians, that they were just completely ignorant of each other's existences. Like they just had no mm-hmm. concept that these white bearded people with these metal weapons even exist. I think that just kind of blows me away in our totally interconnected world now that they just had no idea that when they showed up, they're just like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Who are these? What are these things? Mm. Crazy, right? That's definitely one of those. When you look at it from our perspective, that's one of the things that you know, it's true. 
but you, I can't conceptualize it. Yeah. I can't conceptualize being so isolated that you're not aware of another group of human beings. And not just a group, a large group. Yeah. It's not like some little small tribe no. off a tiny little island in the South Pacific. No. Rach, you have a take on the Biden dog? Oh, my goodness. Commander is out for blood. This is his 11th time biting yeah. a Secret Service member. And this is the good dog. Yeah. Major <laughs> was the one the that was sent away. away. Commander still gets to live at the White House. What is going on here, people? I... I'll tell you what's going on. It's the owner. Yeah, they need Flat to train out. the dog. Flat out, it is the owner. If your dog, if, if a dog is in that position and it's biting people, you did not train it properly. Mm-hmm. Period. The end. Unless you trained it to be an attack dog and then you're letting it do that. But why would you do that if you're in his position? But I will say this, um, not knowing anything about any of it, you can't let people be bitten 11 times. No. You need to do something like, you know, the dog goes somewhere better what, maybe living in the White House is stressful for a dog. I don't know. But I think it would be for me. But you can't allow people to be bitten a dozen times. No, no it's abs- it's absurd that that because I feel like Major got uh, sent away. He did it like once or twice. And yeah. they were like, this is not cool. Yeah, I wonder if those were more severe bites or something. Well, this is what I'm wondering, too, about this, because as a lifelong dog owner, we've trained dogs, we've fostered dogs, we've worked with rescues. There are bites and there are bites, mm-hmm. right? There are dogs that do a little snap at you and then they stop. And then there are the dogs that are actually biting and doing damage. And a dog that will be like protective of a bone or something like that, a lot of times it's that quick bite, 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 and then they pull back. They're just trying to get you to go away. But then there's the other bite, which is the bad one where you're like biting and trying. they're trying to do damage and they latch on. There are differences, but in this kind of a case, I don't know that it matters. Yeah, there just shouldn't be biting in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Period. people that are protecting the president shouldn't be getting bit by the president's dog. Um, okay, this we have like one minute for this. Uh, last night, one of the uh, opposing players against the Brewers, the ball hit the end of the bat, and he pretended that he got hit. And I've seen this happen over hit and the over knob of the again. Bat. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, basketball players, soccer players, when did they become such hypocritical wussies? My coach would have benched me if I pretended to be hit when I wasn't. I hate this part of all the games. Like, now I I sound like Clay Travis, like you're not a man. (laughs) But I feel that way. Like, when that guy did that, I'm like, F you. How dare you pretend to get hit when you weren't hit? It's the whole thing. You're just trying to get every edge you can. Right, like if you can get on base well, somewhere do, or somehow, then do one less. No, I don't disagree. I mean, like, but you're right. You see flopping in the NBA. Hate it. You see flopping in soccer. The, the worst. Fo- the football version of it is they're pretending to have a leg cramp because the other team's driving and you can't stop them. So if they fall down and grab their leg, and then two seconds later they're fine. Is that just society now? It's whatever no. you can do. To I don't get think an it's edge. now. I think in, this is the. The stuff that we see in sports happens now, but you see it because every game's on TV. I think it's always has been. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 